0: The development of a baby in a womb is fascinating. For the first few weeks, they're just a ball of cells. By week five, they're looking a little bit like a tadpole and the size of a sesame seed. At week eight, you can discern head, arms, legs, hands, and feet. At week 12, the fingers are ready to open and close and the toes are ready to move. By week 20, the baby's the size of a banana and getting ready for some full-on kung-fu action, kicking and pushing. Over the next weeks, the baby will grow in size and its organs and reflexes will mature, ready to enter the world at around 40 weeks. It's quite the journey. By the time we meet them, that baby has come a long way from its beginning as a single cell. In these videos, we've been looking at what the Bible says about the birth of Jesus. We've joined Mary, the shepherds and the Magi as they journeyed to Bethlehem and met the baby Jesus. But what about the journey Jesus took? Well, Jesus went from a single cell at his miraculous conception through to a full-blown baby born probably around 40 weeks. A different beginning, but the same journey as any other child. But the Bible tells us that his journey to the manger is something much bigger and more incredible than that. We read about this in the book of Philippians, in chapter 2 and verses 6 to 8. If you get a chance, I recommend that you do read it for yourself and spend some time thinking about what it says. Where does Jesus' journey begin? A long time before conception. The first statement we read is this. Who, being in very nature, God. Now, that's huge. For you and me, life began at conception. That's when we started living Before then, we didn't exist. Yet that's not true for Jesus. Why? Because he's God. That means he's eternal. No beginning, no end. He's infinite, no limits or restrictions. He's all-powerful and all-knowing. If we want to understand the starting place of Jesus' journey to the manger, we have to try and get our heads around this. The passage goes on. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used... his own advantage. As a boy I loved our family holidays to the Alps and going for walks in the mountains. Sometimes we'd come across a particularly dangerous piece of path where it got narrow with a sharp drop on one side. At these points there was a chain fixed in the rock that we could use to hold on to. Now I'm not particularly good with heights and I remember trying not to look down, yet it isn't always possible. As my brain computed the drop, my hand would tighten on the chain. There was no way I was letting go. As God, Jesus has a right to the praise of all creation. He has a right to a place of honour and recognition. Yet, this verse tells us he didn't hold that position tightly. He was willing to let it go. What did that mean for Jesus? Well, verse 7 tells us, rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. One day, James and John, two of Jesus' disciples, approached him, asking if they could become his second and third in command, the most important roles in his kingdom. Jesus replied by challenging their view of leadership, it's not about status, it's about serving. He follows up with these words from Mark chapter 10 and verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Why did Jesus leave the throne of heaven? It wasn't to go on a pleasure cruise of the seas and lakes of the world. It wasn't to descend to a palace and be waited on hand and foot. He came to serve. The next statement in Philippians 2 links this all into Christmas. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. For Jesus, an integral part of serving was becoming human. He was conceived, he grew in his mother's womb and was born in Bethlehem. He came as a tiny little human being who was dependent upon his parents for food and warmth and had to learn to walk and run. He knew what it was to be hungry and thirsty and tired. While at no point did he stop being God, he became like us. Imagine walking into the room after Jesus was born. You shuffle quietly to the manger and peer over the side. What do you see? A baby that looks like so many others. He had also so much more. The Bible says this is God who became like us. The eternal word made flesh. I don't know about you, but at this point, I want to cry out, how can that be? How can this baby be both God and human? How does that work? I don't get it or understand it. Yet, is that a surprise? The Bible says that God is an infinite God who can do anything. Should I genuinely expect to understand everything he does? Will there not be things where I find I just have to say, wow, Jesus made the alternate journey to the manger, from heaven to earth, from the throne to his birth. Before we finish, though, there's one more step in the journey that I want you to see. In Philippians 2.8, it says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Why did Jesus step into this world? The Bible says to die on a cross. That's what Jesus was telling his disciples in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. A few years ago, we went to the Scottish Highlands for our holiday. It was a long drive, somewhere between eight to 10 hours. And we stopped off at several places on the way before we got to our final destination. For Jesus, his birth was not the end. It was just a stop on the journey. A journey that would take him to the cross and beyond. A cross where he would die for sin so that we could be forgiven. A cross where he would die in our place so that we could know God. Jesus came to serve, to die, to rescue. It's a rescue that I need because I haven't lived life as God wants me to. I've sinned. I've not loved or followed him as I should or treated others in the way he wants me to. I deserve his judgment. But the Bible tells me Jesus came and died for sin so that if I put my trust in him, I will be forgiven and made right with God. And he's done the same for you too. The Bible says to each of us, if we put our trust in Jesus and ask him to forgive us our sins, he will. If you want to know more about how you can come to know Jesus or what it means to live trusting in him, our contact details are in the video description. Please do use them. We'd love to hear from you. Well, just one last thing to say. Hope you have a really good Christmas and a happy new year.